Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture reading this morning is 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for punishment, for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels, who are greater in power and might, do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. Our message this morning is false teachers. Last week in in 2 Peter chapter 1, we read of Peter telling his people, his readers, his followers, his fellow Christians around the country to maintain themselves, to be self-controlled, to be disciplined. They're to live out their faith by adding the characteristics of Christ in their life. We said God gives us the faith. And and then from the faith, we add some attributes. We add virtue. We add self-control. We add knowledge. We add patience. We add godliness. We add kindness. And we add love. And we're supposed to practice those things so we are faithful and fruitful servants of God. At the end of the chapter, uh, Peter mentions that all Scripture comes from God. It was not invented or dreamed up by men. And that leads right into today's today's discussion in chapter 2 of false teachers. Peter describes false teachers in detail throughout this chapter. And he, because he realized the importance of Christians recognizing the false teachers by their characteristics, by their attitudes by their methods. See, Peter knew that there was nothing more wicked than for someone to be claiming to speak for God and to speak from God 
but was really a servant of Satan. And see, that's Satan's goal. It's always been to infiltrate the true believers and to corrupt them with their wickedness. Satan's not out there attacking the wicked people. He's not out there attacking the unbelievers. He may use them to attack us, but he's not attacking them because he already has them. And Satan, the business he's in, the thing that he's good at is deception. He's been good at that since the Garden of Eden with Eve. He deceived Eve. But we know that no matter how good Satan is at doing his job, no matter how master of a craft he is at deception, he doesn't win the war. God does prevail. And God's justice is carried out. And Peter gives a couple of examples of this from the Old Testament about this. See, remember we said in, in Peter's first letter, to these people around the country, he was warning them of the dangers that are going to be out there, the persecution to come. So he doesn't want these people to become depressed, become confused, abandon God, abandon their faith, because they seem like all this bad stuff is happening, all this persecution is happening. Where is God? So Peter writes to them, and he, and he gives them here in the second letter, he gives them some examples. He mentions the angels falling from glory. He mentions Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. He mentions Noah and his family. He mentions these things. He brings them up to encourage the people and to encourage us to know that God is not asleep. God knows what's going on. He sees what's going on. And His wrath and His justice will be poured out upon the false teachers. His wrath and His justice will be poured out upon the unbelievers someday according to His plan and His purpose. As it was for the people of Noah's day. As it was for the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. As it was for the fallen angels. At times today, especially today, although I believe the same thing occurred in, in Peter's day, it can be difficult to discern a false preacher or teacher because they look like good Bible believers. They look like good Bible students. They look like good Bible teachers, but they teach heresies. And the basic error of most of these teachers is the fact that they do not submit their lives to Jesus Christ. Their motive is not the love of God. Their motive is not the love of others. Their motive is not to bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Their motive is their own greed. They love themselves. They love money. They love the power they have over others. They love the authority. They love the attention. They love the title. And they're controlled by these desires of their flesh. But people follow them. People follow them. Why? Because many of these teachers, these false teachers, put on a good show. They're very 
charismatic in their manners. They make it seem like they're out for you. They make it seem like they want to help you. They make it seem like they love you. They're able to charm people, maybe with the way they dress, or the way they talk, or the way they act. And they do that because they want to get you on their side. They want to say things and tell you things that you want to hear. And when you think about it, nobody wants to come to church and hear someone saying, you need to repent of your sins. You need to stop doing that. You need to dedicate your life to the service of God. Most people don't want to hear that. And especially in our society today, people want to hear, send me money and I'll take care of all your problems. That's why we have these infomercials. And I've got to believe that these infomercials wouldn't be on if they didn't make money. They couldn't be on if they didn't make money. So that junk they sell on TV, people buy because they think it's going to solve a problem they have. And maybe it does. Maybe some of the vacuum cleaners or the cooking devices or the knives or whatever it is, yeah, maybe they do work. I don't know. But that's what people want. And that's what people want in their religion as well. Just come here every week, put my money in the plate, and I'm in good shape. That's what they want to hear. And that's what these false teachers know. And they can get big churches. They can get these people to come in here because they sing some pretty neat songs and and they're, you know, happy, and they preach a good message, and they, you know, it's just all happy, and oh yeah, bring some money on so we can continue on in this lifestyle, and everyone's happy, and everyone's going to heaven. And that's what they do, because they're interested in the money for themselves. Now, I don't believe that most of these false teachers start out as false teachers. I don't believe that. You know, I don't believe... You know, a young person maybe graduates from college and says, hey, you know what? You know where the money's at? It's in religion. I'm going to go into religion and I'm going to build these big churches. I'm going to get all these people to follow me and I'm going to be rich. I don't think they do that. Maybe some do. But I really do think they start out with proclaiming the gospel. But I think they get discouraged and they get frustrated because... The life of a a preacher is not really to be an elaborate lifestyle. They're not going to be rich, more than likely. And when you are preaching the true gospel, your church may grow, or it may only be five or six people. But either way, it's what you're preaching. And they get frustrated, and they want the power, they want the money, their desire, Satan gets to them. Their own personal desires get to these false teachers and they're overwhelmed with the deception and lies of Satan. And after a while, they're determined to do whatever it is they can do to keep people following them. You preach a sermon some Sunday and it really aggravates the people. And the board comes up and says, you can't preach about that anymore. Well, he doesn't want to lose his job, so he softens the message a little bit. They do whatever it takes to make the people happy. And that's how it all starts. And maybe they're no longer preaching the Word, the true Word of God. 
And after a while, maybe a little bit of lies and deception slip into their message. But they don't think they're lying. See, they've started to believe this stuff. And that's part of the image. You know, people, if you talk to psychologists or people like that, you know, people that have maybe a low self-esteem or say, I'm worthless or I'm a loser or I'm good for nothing. If they keep saying that to themselves, they'll believe it. And that's what a lot of these preachers do. They start saying stuff and then they genuinely believe it. Our politicians are the same way. I don't think most of our politicians believe they're lying when they're talking. Even though they are. They believe what they're saying. And I'm not pointing out anybody in particular. But they believe what they're saying. So to them it's not lies. And I think we have the same thing with these false teachers. They're able to fool others. And they're fooling themselves. But they cannot fool God. And they will have a more severe punishment. Because they knew the truth. But yet they turned from it. And they taught lies and they taught deceptions. And false teachers are popular today. As I said, everyone just wants to maybe pay some money out and, and, and everyone's in good shape. That's all we have to do. And these false teachers bring an easy believism gospel and a prosperity gospel. A gospel that people want to hear. Not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not the gospel of the Bible. They tickle the ears of people rather than delving into the Word of God and explaining it. And that's why I've, you know, I've kind of been on a kick here recently going through books of the Bible, preaching through them. This way you know that I'm just not making stuff up. We're going through the book. We're looking at what Peter wrote to the people. And people are believing just whatever is said by these false teachers. And I believe technology especially has, has helped proclaim the true gospel, but it has also helped the false teachers as well. You don't like what one pastor says? Eh, just log on to another website or get another newsletter from someone else. And uh, everything's okay once again. I do record these messages each week and I do post them on the internet as well. If it helps one person, that's wonderful. But many Christians are going to look at a church to be entertained. They're looking for a show. They're not looking to be taught the true word of God. They're not looking to change their lives. They're just looking for someone to say, you're okay the way you are. Jesus loves you just like that. I never read that in the Bible. Yes, I've read that Jesus loves you. That's for sure. But part of his love, like a parent, involves discipline. And if you don't obey him, you'll feel his discipline. And you'll feel the wrath and judgment of God if you reject what he commands us to do. So we need to recognize these false teachers today. We need to test the things that they say against the word of God. None of us is perfect, that's for sure. And I know I make mistakes up here, but I'm not trying to deceive you into believing something. You know, I might make an innocent mistake, you know, mixing up names. Oh, 
Maybe I'll say Peter when I meant to say Paul or whatever. But I'm not trying to you know, give you a false doctrine of anything like that. And if I am wrong on something or I say something wrong, you know, I'd like to know about it. Uh, I'd like to know or at least be able to explain further what I was trying to get at. Maybe I didn't say it quite right. False teachers won't do that. You question the false teacher, they're going to change the subject, walk away from you, or move on. They don't want to discuss what they talk about. Or if they're forced into a corner, they'll somehow use their charismatic charm to get out of it. They will get away from what the Bible says, or they'll try to use other examples. Again, they simply want to say things that tickle the ears of people and have no questions about it. So we need to recognize false teachers. We need to look at their lifestyles. Look at how they live. Do they live by biblical standards? Do they practice what they preach? And the things we hear them say, we need to evaluate based upon Scripture. Well, there's an author out there and a very popular preacher. I won't mention his name, but I'll mention the title of his book and you'll probably figure out who it is. It's the title of his, his one of his best-selling books is Your Best Life Now. I've never read the book, to be honest, so I have no idea what's in it. But just by that title alone, I have eternal life. My best life is not now. And it will never be now. Because we live in a sinful, fallen world. My best life cannot be now. I can make the best of my life now. But it will not be my best life now. So whenever we see something or read something, we need to evaluate it based upon Scripture. God holds true to His Word. And the false teachers will be judged according to their actions someday. We cannot fall into the deceptions and the trap of Satan. We must prevail with the truth of God's word. And in order to do that, we must know his word. It must be written on our hearts. We must live like Christ to set an example for others. That is what Peter is getting at. That is what we need to do. Let's close with a prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We know that the things you say, you will indeed hold true. And we know that judgment is coming upon all those that reject you. We ask for the wisdom and knowledge to withstand the influences of evil in this world today. Fill our lives with your word so that we may easily recognize those false teachers and expose them as such. Sweet Jesus, precious name, who lives and reigns with you now and forever. Amen.